Welcome to this week's Instrument of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. And I'm the Keymaster. Are you the gatekeeper? Oh, that is a great movie. But we're not doing <laughs> Ghostbusters this week. Uh, we're doing the other Rick Moranis film, My Blue Heaven. Um, oh, I, oh, oh, great fucking Steve Martin pull. Well done. Yeah, but we're not talking about Steve Martin. We'll talk about Steve Martin whenever we get to The Jerk. We're only going to mention Rick Moranis in the film. Uh, the jerk is my favorite sex act. <laughs> it's the one. It, it, it's the one you learn before anything else. It's just where I blast a bunch of cans with my stuff. Blast cans. <laughs> oh, now I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. We're actually talking about Wonder Woman eighty four on HBO Max. Damn straight we are, but Alex and I haven't caught up in a while, so we want to talk about what happened uh, in the Mandalorian. Uh, these last few weeks. I didn't think it was very important or very big, but Alex said, hey, it's kind of a big deal. Maybe we should talk about it. Yeah, uh, they fought some stormtroopers and then credits. Yeah, um, Gil from Breaking Bad was a real bad guy. He has his cool saber. Uh, it's got a, a cool color, I don't know. And yeah, there's some cool droids, and that's it. Yeah, that's it, okay. Did you, I mean, well... we'll Spoilers for Mandalorian season five. If you haven't seen it already, uh, but we'll, we'll just jump to the ending. Uh, did you get emotional at all uh, during those final during that final scene? Yeah, I cried real man and real woman tears at that. Did you cry when you realized that it was Luke, or when uh, Grogu and Mando had their goodbye? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was just like a steady stream. Every couple of minutes, something else would happen. You see Luke's X-Wing come in, and you're like, is is that really it? And, like, the goosebumps start to happen. You get all tingly. I haven't felt that way watching a television show or maybe even a fucking movie. Like, even watching the Star Wars films, the new ones, I felt a great sense of nostalgia. It's well-versed that I love those films. But, holy shit, seeing this was something different. Especially like with just how they showed that Luke was the most powerful Jedi in the world with how effortlessly he just cut down those dark troopers. Yeah. Oh my God. You, that's one of the things that I think a lot of star Wars fans kind of wish they got to see is some of these people at the height of their power. A lot of people want to see Vader at the height of his power, but getting to see Luke after he's really like, he goes and proves himself in the movies. Yes, absolutely. But at that point, he's the strongest he's ever been. Yeah. Yeah. Really, it just made me think made me think that Luke could have easily killed Kylo Ren if he wanted to. Oh man, it would have been so easy. And of course, I mean, he literally drew his saber on him, and if he wanted to, he was dead. Yeah. Yeah. So basically he could have saved us from a whole bunch of questionable choices. Uh, and yet he just chose to stay home and just phone it in. I want to be Kylo Ren for Halloween and just wear my pants up around my belly button. So you want like an Oracle Kylo Ren hybrid costume? I've had um, no real haircuts since the pandemic started and I got sick in February. 
Um, so in a year, I've buzzed my head twice. Uh, and now I've got very beautiful long hair, very reminiscent of a beautiful Jedi that I want to become. Yes. You look a lot like Ray, and I'm happy that you're pulling it off. Oh, my God. Ray's hair in those movies are, is just awful. I don't, I, I don't know why I'm bringing that up. That, that is the weirdest complaint I've heard about anything related to Star Wars ever. Like, it is. It's okay. so fucking sure, weird. I, I just sure, Palpatine just clones. Sure, Luke was depressed. But have you seen Ray's hair? No, are it's, there it's no. Are there no stylists aboard any of the New Republic's uh, spaceships? That's the thing I care about. Rose is looking fresh. Please, someone, just push Ray in that direction. After Shades of Galaxy, there's going to be murals painted over. We need this. Uh, She's a fucking queen, and she needs to have the hair of a queen. She's taking over for Leia. It's a big deal. And to not have her looking her best, um, the guys on Queer Eye would just be rolling over in their graves. I'm sorry, that wasn't one of the Star Wars spinoffs. Uh, <laughs> that is the spin-up I want to see. Uh, Clear Eye Star Wars. <laughs> Just remake all of these people. Let's go ahead uh, and jump into One Roman 84. But before we say that, normally this time of year, we would be having our year-end episodes, but we decided to delay it uh, until our next recording, next two weeks. So we can talk about the biggest film of the year. And oddly enough, one Woman 84, despite being released on HBO Max, did uh, make has made over $100 million in the box office so far, which is impressive, all things considered, during a pandemic, I feel like. Uh, that's not just impressive. That's insane. And Warner put out that half of their subscribers watched Wonder Woman on Christmas Day. Did you watch it Christmas Day? I believe you did, right? I was planning on it, but I just got too tired and watched it the next day. I watched it the next day as well. Um, it's well documented on our podcast. My girlfriend's not a comic book person. Although, let me tell you, as a Christmas gift to me, she offered to watch it on Christmas Day. Oh my God. I forgot to tell you something that's completely comic book related and related to Christmas. Uh, and that was a nice gift. But my brother got me a gift, and you'll appreciate this. He got me a Zippo lighter, and he got it engraved, and it says, Fuck communism on the lighter. That is fucking perfect. I know. It's amazing. And I don't. Don't. I have no reason to have, have a Zippo lighter. I'm still carrying it with me everywhere Hold I go. On. Yeah, I was going to say, don't... For anybody that doesn't know what that is, you don't deserve to know what it is if you don't already. Yeah, it's a reference to a character in a comic book referencing another character in a comic book. Yeah, and it's fucking brilliant. And yeah. I love it. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. Uh, so why did you turn uh, your girlfriend down on watching it with you on Christmas Day? Uh, because I also wanted to give her a present on Christmas and my <laughs> present to her... Was not admirable. watching something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then after we watched it, I felt like it was probably the right decision. Okay. Uh, so let's get let's get into it. Let's yeah. get into the nitty. Let's get into the gritty. Um, the mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers. Spoilers for one eighty four. Okay. Let me tell you, this movie started off on so many high notes for me. I loved the scene with Diana as a young girl. She's competing in like an Olympic Games type thing. She's getting top lessons. That was just pure fun. And it was very reminiscent of the first film. Loved that. 
Love the mall scene. I love the mall scene love too. Like the mall action. scene. Yeah, the mall scene to me was like them like taking the film like like okay, they're taking elements of like eighties films. Like like okay, this film takes place in the eighties. It's gonna be like an eighties movie. Like it like it could have been shot in nineteen eighty four, uh, with like the same like acting style, uh, gag style, and all that as well. Yeah, I mean it. It was you know very Stranger Things. Uh, here is a updated version shot. 80s style but what was really cool about it what patty jenkins did and i give all the credit in the world to this film for patty jenkins by the way wonder woman 3 is going to be coming out in probably two to three years yeah because of her yeah although she's Uh, in the star wars movie too so i wonder if that comes first who fucking knows anymore who knows anymore um but it was just so cool it's kind of grainy looking like it's very much hd but it's got this grainy vhs quality to it. It's not pure-looking HD, crystal clear. It's very, very 80s. And I felt in that moment. And there are a lot of moments in this film where I felt that. And there are definitely moments when I was taken out of that. Okay. So we introduced to a bunch of, not a bunch, but a few new characters as well. I, like you, I did enjoy the scenes of her as a kid, mostly because I enjoyed revisiting uh, Hippolyta, uh, and Robin Wright, uh, as I can't remember her character's name for the life of me. Uh, but I, I'm glad we got to see them again. Uh, she's the one that trained Diana. Uh, but anyway, I just wish that she played her character. Robin Wright played her character from, um, house of cards (laughs) (laughs) as, as Diana's mentor. Uh, we got Pedro Pascal playing Maxwell Lord. Uh, and we got, Kristen Wiig playing Cheetah. Uh, they're the two new main characters. Okay, but, let's talk. Let's talk about the villains. Well, let's, I want to talk about my favorite new main character. Uh, who's your favorite new main character? Was it one of those two? Who Who are you referencing here, Alex? I'm talking about Kevin, played by Asim Chandri. <laughs> I recognized that he was in there, and I was like. Oh shit! Look at it's Asim. Yeah, yeah. He had yes. about two or three scenes. One speaking <laughs> line. Uh, Asim Chandra, for those you don't know, he is best well known for being in the TV series "People Just Do Nothing," which is on Netflix. All five seasons are making a movie right now, or they were before COVID. Uh, and he was also on series five or six of Taskmaster. I want to say six. Six. Series six of Taskmaster. Yeah, he was great on that. He had one of my all-time favorite bits. I'm not going to spoil. Uh, for anyone that has not seen Taskmaster, that's a completely yeah. different podcast. Yeah, if you if you want to see the best British show that, in my opinion, that there is, uh, and Alex would disagree with that, but uh, just Google. Um, it's on YouTube. Uh, several several full se- yeah. series are on YouTube. Yeah, they've got a they got a YouTube page. Yep. Yeah. Go check it out. Uh, so obviously, he was the best part of the new movie for me, without a doubt. Uh, yes, I I had a feeling when I watched it that you would be saying that. Okay, so let's talk about... Who do you want to talk about first, Maxwell Lord or Cheeto? Uh, I think we see uh, Barbara first. Let's talk about Cheeto. Uh, I, I thought Kristen Wiig was really strong, especially in the beginning. I, I thought that was her more natural role that like, we see her in. This cl- sort of like awkward, bumbling, uh, but still like confident like in her knowledge uh, type character. We've seen her play that kind of character before, and I thought she did really well. Uh, and I didn't think she was 
the most threatening villain whenever she fully transformed into Cheetah. But I, I thought she did a good job. Like I didn't think it was the greatest performance, but I thought it was a pretty strong performance considering she hasn't done this kind of work before. Yeah, when I saw the casting, uh, I was very disappointed. I'm not even going to lie. I enjoy and I enjoy Kristen Wiig. Uh, I am a big SNL fan. Alex is not a stan of SNL. Um, All Matt ever talks about is Joe Piscopo. I cannot even talk about anyone else <laughs> but Joe Piscopo. And he thinks those are the greatest four episodes in, in SNL history. Yeah, and if it's uh, if it's got Jack Handy quotes in it, I'm all about it mm-hmm. from the 70s and 80s. Uh, I thought she was good. Um, it was definitely different when she started to transform. I didn't buy it as much. I did like her uh, jacket with the uh, spikes on it. I dug that look. <laughs> I, I will remember that for next Christmas for a present for you. Perfect. <laughs> that way I can uh, re- I, they can cast me the next Warriors remake. <laughs> Christine, come out to play. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, she was fine. Um, I hated the look of Cheetah when it was fully transformed. Yeah, it wasn't. I'm also look. bummed that that final fight scene happened in a nighttime. We got weird CGI. I didn't like the look of it. Yeah. It, um, I will never understand like non horror films doing action scenes like in the dark. Uh, why? Yeah. It never looks It doesn't good. need to happen. Especially cause like Wonder Woman's costume it, or, okay. Sorry. There's an exception. like Batman could, could be an exception, obviously uh, because he uses darkness as an advantage, but like characters like Superman and Wonder Woman, like they have like these bright, like shiny costumes that stand out like in the darkness but their villains often mirror that as well too. Uh, like Lex Luthor, whenever he's in his suit, giant purple and green suit. Uh, Cheetah as well. It looks like a traditional, like bright orange w- w- with black spots. Like they chose like a white look for some reason, which I, I don't know why they changed the coloration on that. I thought that was an odd choice. But it was like a whitish, bluish, purplish, grayish. It looked better than cats. Amalgamation. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I felt like she should have been in Cats. Like, she just stumbled onto the wrong fucking set. But, I mean, it's Cheetah the villain, so we have to take it with a grain of salt. And I accept that. And I'm okay with it. The better fight like scene. Who Our, got taken out of the movie entirely because of that scene. Yeah. The better fight scene, in my opinion, was the one that happened at the White House between Diana and Cheetah with Steve Trevor. Yeah. yeah. There was awesome. Austin bodyguards, like, left and right. That was a great fucking scene. I thought that was a much stronger fight scene, which is weird. Uh, but I did think that, like, that final fight scene, whenever Diana held her underwater and electrocuted her, I'm like, okay, like, that was dark. Like, that's not what I was expecting. She's like, I'm going to suck the life out of you and electrocute you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought that she had killed her at first. So did I. I, I 100% like, oh thought that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the hero becomes the villain, and I'm into it. Okay, so what did you think of Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord? Brilliant. Yeah, I thought Perfectly he was, acted. Yes, uh, I thought he had a lot of fun with the role. I thought it kind of reminded me of Ewan McGregor's Black Mask uh, and Harley Quinn, and the or the Emancipation of Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both having fun with the role, although Maxwell Lord was a bit more serious and a bit more grounded because he had like his role of wanting to make it. Like it's something I feel like a lot of people can relate to, and like not not wanting to be a disappointment to his son, uh, and not and wanting to prove everyone wrong who thought that he would be a failure, 
but having bad luck or making missteps is very relatable, especially I feel like during a pandemic, especially as well, when people have been down their luck, like they're late to someone like Maxwell doing what they can to try and change their fortune. So you're saying he wasn't a complete murderous psychopath. No, I, I, I think that was a 10. I, I think he was corrupted. Uh, over sure. Yeah. I don't think that that, that fact is arguable. Like he 100% was corrupted. Uh, he 100% wanted power and, and all this other shit. Uh, but it, it was just a great job. And you could tell he, he dug playing that role. I thought so too. And it's, I, I know a lot of people with like their final confrontation, a lot of people weren't thrilled because it's basically like Diana on the floor, like saying nice things to him to get him to like change his mind. Uh, there wasn't he, like, but I liked that it wasn't a problem that like Diana could just punch her way out of. Like you very rarely see that in a superhero film or an action film to where the hero just can't punch uh, something to solve their problems. Yeah. And with him, here's the thing. Like he wasn't a violent guy. No, that's a good point. And like, okay. We forgot like, the big, we haven't said the big premise of this movie, uh, but I'm sure you've seen it. Obviously I don't worry listening to this. If you haven't, but you can make a wish and he will make it come true. But we learn as with most magic in most fantasy style stuff, that there's always a cost to some magic. So, Oh yeah. So let's, let's talk about how that, that all goes down. There's a stone that is discovered that if you wish upon this stone, whatever you wish for will come true. Diana wishes for Steve Trevor. Um, uh, we've got Barbara who wishes to, uh, be a babe like Diana and she inherits her power. Uh, and then we've got Maxwell Lord who wants to become the stone and be the wish himself. Yeah. Smart in theory. Cause you're like, when everyone's like, what would you wish for if you had a genie? You're like, well, I'd wish for a million wishes like, or infinite wishes. Like he, he had like that line of thought. I'm like, that's clever initially. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. So I want to talk about two things with you, Alex, and you can pick the order you want to go in. I want to talk about uh, bringing magic into the DC um, movies, and I want to talk about Steve Trevor. What do you want to hit first? Okay, we'll talk about magic stuff first. Okay, cool. I don't think anybody, by the way, nobody's got a bad thing to say about Steve Trevor, and if you do, Alex, I'm going to, oh boy. Uh, well, he's got two first names, which is, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is, I feel like, a great stepping stone to Zatanna, maybe a Constantine or a Dr. Fate. Something fun. Uh, Finally, coming into these movies, maybe. We did have magic in the Suicide Squad movie with uh, What's-Her-Face. Yeah, but they've already redone and basically said that True. first one, yeah, we, we, don't, yeah. <laughs> we don't recognize that as a film. Yeah, I mean, if we can get Zatanna or Constantine uh, out of this or anything like that, I would be thrilled. I do like that they've now established that as like a press like this, this can happen uh, in this universe. Uh, so I'm hoping we, we do something like that down the line. Who knows? Yeah, I think it's just an interesting principle now that well, they've brought this into the into their own universe, and now we've got now we've got magic here. And plus, like DC said that, like I think they said their plan is now to have like four films a year released theatrically, and I want to say like two films, two quote unquote riskier films, DC films release on HBO Max. Uh, which I think like Justice League Dark would be a great candidate for like a riskier type film to release on HBO Max. Oh yeah. Um, 
give me a Dr. Fate solo film. Yeah. Give me a question. Right. Oh, give me a fucking question movie. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I, I, I fear that like riskier films is code for films starring women and minorities. I, I hope it's not. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want four Superman and Batman movies. I mean, to be fair, you would 100% watch four Batman movies. I would watch every Superman and Batman movie that they put out. And here's the thing. Every Superman movie that I've ever seen has never been above like a seven, seven and a half for me. I don't like Superman. But I would watch every single one of those Batman films. I would wear a cowl. I'd be in. What about the song Superman by Goldfinger? Yeah, I'll fuck with that. Okay, good. Just want to make sure we don't have to end the podcast right now. (laughs) <laughs> uh, okay let's go on to steve trevor then so i think you and i are on the same page then that aside from asking chandry steve trevor was the best part of this film yeah you got to watch a guy stuck in the 40s um experience the 80s yes marvel like all the 80s technology and conveniences yeah and it's it's just great the you get a classic 80s montage again Patty Jenkins wrote this film with Jeff Johns. Uh, this has got to be the Steve Trevor aspects. I felt like were 100% Patty Jenkins. Okay. Favorite Steve Trevor moment. Oh man. Uh, every single scene that he's in, like he steals every scene that he's in every yeah. single time that he's on the screen. I'm either laughing or like a hundred percent alert. Like, and Chris Pine does a great job. Chris Pine and Gal Gadot have great chemistry. They showed it they in the do. first one, and it's, it's continued in this film. Uh, I loved him uh, being impressed by the trash can, thinking that it was a piece of art. Um, that was fun. That was very funny. They, 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 unfortunately, they had that great, which is a fantastic I know. They, they had it in the trailer. One of the best bits. Had it in the fucking trailer. One of my biggest pet peeves with trailers is Don't seeing the good yeah. shit. Yeah. I know you feel the same way I do. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, the the outfit montage was a lot of fun too. Oh, the outfit montage was great. Standard standard eighties, or really standard standard anytime. But let's go yeah. to to me like like the most emotional part of the film, and I think like the hardest part of the film was that we had to experience Steve Trevor's death a second time. Yeah, we had to watch Gal Gadot decide that you yeah. know. Oh, brutal. I want to wish him, she had to wish him away so she could get her powers back so she, so she could save the world. And I love how they did that. Like, they don't say anything to another. They're in the alley. They come to accept it. And we don't see him, like, die or perish. But, like, we see her start to heal up, like, as, like, she tries to, like, fight back tears amidst, like, all this chaos, like, as she's walking. Glowing, and, like, yeah. yeah. Yes. I thought that was probably, like, the best sequence of the entire film. People knocked Gal Gadot a lot for this film, but I thought she was a lot better than she got credit for. Yeah, I thought she was great. The The casting has never been an issue for me in, in any of these DC films. No, casting, not not one single bit. Kristen Wiig was a question mark. I thought she did good. Yeah. yeah I thought, I, I honestly, that Kristen Wiig was the weakest part, yeah, like, but I uh, thought she was still very strong. I, I wouldn't have liked her if she played Dr. Poison in like the first Wonder Woman film, but I thought as Cheetah, she, she was just fine in that role. Yeah, absolutely. Um, favorite so, moment from the film? Uh, when Asim Chandri asked if someone wanted coffee. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm gonna bu- I'm about to blow that shit out of the water. The fucking invisible jet. 
That's that a great touch. Was yeah. How they did that. Amazing. And like it was so like it was kind of hokey, but like like I ate it all off. Like them just like flying th- through the fireworks, the the invisible jet like uh, flying through them, and the fireworks cascading against the jet. Like I, I still, that was the kind of eye candy that like I ate up for this movie. Oh, dude! I paused after that scene was over. I rewatched it immediately just because it was so fucking cool to look at. And it's not what I expected at all before I watched this film. No, I wasn't. I wasn't planning to see the invisible jet. I'd almost forgotten the invisible jet was a thing. I thought like that was a Jeff Johns film. thing too. Oh, that that I think for sure was. I think they kind of decided, hey, we want to include the invisible jet somehow. How can we make that a thing? That's Diana's new power, which is super super interesting. Yeah, never to be used again. I don't have a problem with it. Use it all you want. Uh, so basically they can see the film, how she defeats Maxwell Lord. If she puts a lot of truth around him, says the reality of what's actually happening. The world's in chaos. There's atomic bombs launching. Uh, it's like, it's, it's like it's black Friday and everyone has PS fives for $1. Like that's what the world looks like. Uh, but so everyone wishes their wish away to depower max save the world. But what about like the people who wish that, like, I wish my child didn't have cancer. Did they give their wish oh, back? God. Oh, shit. <laughs> there was a very dark side of this film that has not been explored. Yeah, that's true. And maybe we'll get that in the third Wonder Woman film. Let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but I enjoyed it. Uh, without spoiling anything, do you think this film will end up on your top 10 of the year list? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not. Uh, I don't think it's going to be top five um, unless we're including only new properties. <laughs> if we're including only new properties on we're our... including only new properties. It, it probably is going to crack my top five then. Yeah, we'll see. Oh my God. It might make my top 25. Are we really only doing new properties yes. for our... Yes, oh. I'm excited. <laughs> you, put, you put Bloodshot 1 or 2. Oh no! I've got a top three. <laughs> I've got a top three and a half. Yeah. Normally, you have the problem oh, to where you're no. like, "There's just too much good stuff. I cannot fit this into ten. <laughs> you you texted me all the things that came out this year, and yeah. I'm I'm very much dreading going back and looking at that list of awful and stuff. Normally, you ask me like, you're "Like, can I have like, can I do like an eleven or like a ten B or like twelve? And I'm like, "No, it's top ten. And now. I'm sticking to that, and it's still only new stuff. <laughs> now you're like, can we just do top three? I'm like, no, it's still top ten. Oh no! Uh, real quick, we'll talk about. Oh, we'll talk a little bit about the next episodes in a couple seconds. But what do you rate this on a scale of one to ten? Uh, like a seven and a half. Like it was good. It had its mo- like it had its great moments. It also had a lot of weaker moments. Uh, some of the fight scenes, I wasn't very keen on um it got slow at times um i would have liked more of a we had aries in the first film and then we we have cheetah so easily easily dismissed like it's not like i'm saying that you know wonder woman diana prince didn't have a ton of shit to come and fight back against but man that was rough we also need to talk about the post-credit scene by the way but go ahead and give me a rating. Uh, I'm at a seven. 
Uh, I thought it was really good. I thought the fun outweighed its flaws by far. Uh, it's very different film tonally than the first film. Uh, so if you were expecting like another like serious war film, like it, it is very much not that. Uh, but I thought it was still a lot of fun, and I loved like I thought it was a fun way to wrap up 2020. Did did Bloodshot come out in 2020? It did. Boy, oh boy! Get ready for my favorite movie of all time. So the post credit scene, I did not watch it because I fast forwarded. I, I apparently <laughs> fast forwarded past it, and I just gave up after that. I was like, I'm not going to rewind. But uh, I know what it was. I looked it up. Did you watch it when you looked it up, or did no, you just like read? About I just read it? that it was Linda Carter uh, as wearing the armor, the Artemis armor, I believe, or whatever it was. It was amazing. It was a, a truly fun moment that we got to watch. Which is there. interesting, too, to me, because the first Roman film did not have a post-credit scene. So they, I'm glad they added one to this one. Oh, I know. And, and what a cool way to, to end it, too. Yeah. Uh, and I think next for DC, we're getting The Suicide Squad, which is also coming out on HBO Max. Uh, do we know what month that's going to be? I believe I have a rough date. Give me one second. I know March is, I think actually March, we're going to have Justice League first. Uh, I believe right now it's August 6th. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Justice League is expected in March. So you're right about that. Okay. Uh, anyways, uh, so our next two episodes are going to be our top 10 of the year list, 10 through 6, 5 through 1, like we normally do. Uh, that might mean that we're going to be behind on some stuff like WandaVision. All that means is that whenever we get to it, we'll be doing more than one episode of One Division by the time we do One Division and stuff like that. And I don't know what 2021 is going to look like for us. I would like to get back to weekly episodes, but with the way production is, I don't know if going to happen. But we might end up doubling up and doing two movies or two whatevers in one episode, depending on how stuff goes. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm into that. Yeah. I, I would love to be back on a weekly schedule. And 2021, as of the early parts, it looks like we'll have to keep it at, at bi-weekly for now. Yeah. But as we move along, there's a, a strong possibility, you know, I think it March, all depends. April, May, yeah. we might end up getting to do... I think it all depends if there, we get theatrical releases again. Uh, productions aren't halting uh, in all the various cities where they shoot stuff. And it's safe for us to go out and go to the movies. That's all I want. I would just want to go eat popcorn eat a shitty hot dog with some shitty relish and some shitty mustard. In fact, not to like spoil like what we jump into, but I think the first movie coming to theaters that we would normally talk about is the King's Black Widow. Oh, the King's Man. Comes out in March uh, right now. So I don't expect numbers to be safe enough by then, but who knows? Maybe a miracle will happen. Yeah. I'm not holding my breath. Neither am I, which is a shame because I'm looking forward to that film. Um, but anyways, that's going to wrap it up for this week's Henchman of Comics. As always, you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Red, uh, Instagram, and wherever books are sold. Alex has a book out on uh, Amazon. Alex, what's your book called? It is called The Bible. <laughs> uh, there's two versions, both in Old Testament and in New <laughs> Testament. Alex has a book out called Don't Start a Band on Amazon. It's full of grammatical errors, but it's really, really good. Well, I don't know who Alex's editor was, but they weren't very good. 
It's not grammatical errors. I just write and leak speak uh, fully. <laughs> yeah, it's not grammatical errors. It's spelling errors. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> My apologies. Uh, comics. I'm Alex Ashback. And I'm still here, the Walking Phoenix film. Engine and easy. <laughs>